This is the third day of Lent, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We are in the middle of the Ash and Triduum, the period of time between Ash Wednesday and the beginning of the first week. And the scriptures today introduce to us a, a deeper reflection on fasting or self-denial. Certainly self-denial is part of Lent. Fasting is part of Lent. It's not the only part. It's not even the most important part. But it is important and we should get a, a proper perspective on it because our tendency is to exaggerate one direction or another. The tendency to make fasting or self-denial the whole of Lent is is uh, reflected in the expression, well, what are you giving up for Lent? As if the only thing that is important about Lent is giving something up. It's, it's part of it, but does anyone ever ask, well, you know, what are you doing for others for Lent? No one ever asks that. <laughs> the question is always, what are you giving up for Lent? And we even ask ourselves that, what can I give up? Okay, it's important. But that's one exaggeration, to make it the whole thing. The other exaggeration is to diminish Fasting is if it's not important at all and we don't have to fast anymore because those rules have been relaxed and it's not, you know, it's an old-fashioned practice, don't bother. That's wrong too. No, fasting is one of the three fundamental disciplines, prayer, fasting, almsgiving. So we have to get a right understanding of fasting. And one way... Uh, <laughs> Maybe you could just reflect on your own experience. One way to get a perspective on this, since we're already in the third day of Lent, you should already have had the experience of having made a decision to deny yourself and have your flesh say, wait a minute, I still want that thing that I gave up. If you haven't had that experience, well, then you're not doing it right. Because if you're giving up something that you don't want anyway, well, then that's not fasting. And if you're giving up something that you shouldn't be doing anyway, that's not fasting. Fasting is giving up some legitimate good thing that you prefer or like as a way of denying yourself, denying that, that uh, all-dominant ego that reigns in all of us. So, as I say, by this time of life, you should have had this experience. I'll just share a little uh, my own experience of this. Uh, one of the things I like to do during Lent is try to cut back on the internet. And so in the evening, there's always more to read, there's always more to watch, there's always more to do. So I said, okay, I'm going to cut off the internet at 9.30. Good. So Ash Wednesday gets to be 9.30. I, I unplugged my Wi-Fi thing, a little Wi-Fi gadget on, the, on my desktop. I said, oh, fine, because I still, I mean, I still could write, I could still do some work, but I don't want to be connected to the world. So that, that's a good discipline. Well, it turns out that my computer figured out a way to connect to the Wi-Fi down here in this house. <laughs> so I got an email about 20 to 10. I got an email came in. I said, how did that happen? Of course, my curiosity. <laughs> so that's the danger. So it's not that there's anything wrong with getting an email at 20 to 10. There's no sin. But it, 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 it peaks at curiosity and say, well, what, you know, why is this coming in now? And so anyway, yesterday's Thursday. So I said, I can't, I can't do this Wi-Fi thing. This time I turned off the, on the computer itself, the, uh, 
whatever they call that function that makes it possible to connect. So I'll solve that problem. Great, 9.30, turn it off. Getting ready for bed, you know, going through my routine. And all of a sudden, I, what popped into my head was this, this uh, what I had just heard after nine o'clock last night, that today's a holiday. And it had just been declared yesterday afternoon. And it struck me as so bizarre. And I, I just, well, I was bewildered. I was, I was bewildered. And so here it is, 20 to 10, quarter to 10. And my curiosity <laughs> rose up and said, what? what in the world? How could anyone think that that would be a normal thing to do? And all the wheels start turning in my head and it probably has something to do with, you know, it's Ensa Revolution and, you know, that's the overthrow of a, of a Marcos regime. And then you know, Marcos is now in, 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 in the presidency. So perhaps there's something that I, I said, it can't just be crazy. It has to be a reason. It has to be a, a reason why the government would declare a holiday the day before. I've never heard of such a thing, but I said, there must be a reason. I said, oh, I, I'm now I'm curious about it. <laughs> I had turned off my, my internet connection, so I couldn't, I couldn't satisfy my curiosity. I said, okay, that's what Lent is about. That's a, good, that's a good discipline. Now, maybe I shouldn't tell a story like that because it makes it sound like I'm so self-disciplined. No, it's just an example. Example of making a decision to deny yourself and then feeling that cut into your flesh. You say, well, I wish I could do that thing that I said I won't do, but I won't. <laughs> now, that's a good discipline. It's not enough to make a fruitful Lent because it's always possible to turn self-denial into a source of pride. It's very easy at that. I turn off my internet at 9.30 at night. Oh, aren't I something? You get this from the this uh, is, is really on display in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Remember the Pharisee goes into the temple. I fast twice a week. Well, well aren't you special? <laughs> You're fasting twice a week. Imagine the, the, the Lord saying, well, you think that makes you a good person that you fast twice a week? It doesn't. <laughs> but the Pharisee was so full of himself that he thought his self-denial was making him better than everyone else, especially the tax collector. Okay, in this gospel that I just read, the disciples of John approach Jesus and ask this question, the disciples of John the Baptist, who is a very ascetic prophet, right? He's living in the desert, he's eating grasshoppers, he's dressed very uh, plainly, and his disciples also live a very ascetical life, a lot of self-denial. And so they ask the question, why do we and the Pharisees fast much not just that they fast, but that they fast much, and your disciples do not fast at all. Now, are they just curious? This is one of these passages where you wish you knew what was really going on in their minds. It's not that hard to guess that they might have simply been curious, why is there a difference between our holy uh, leader, John the Baptist, and you, whom John has pointed out as the one who is to come, and why is there a difference? That's a legitimate curiosity. But there might also have been a bit of judgment, self-importance. We fast much, you don't fast at all. <laughs> We're doing it better than you are. Could have been there, judgment. Certainly be a temptation. There could have been, on the other side, a bit of resentment that we have to do all this fasting and you don't. That's a temptation too. Here I am denying myself and you're, these other people are enjoying them, themselves and 
That doesn't seem right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying, let's understand human nature here. This is the kind of stuff that goes on in our heads all the time. So here I am fasting, and other people are not fasting. That's not fair. Notice what Jesus does here. He doesn't really address the question of fasting by itself because the danger is always we make our fasting about ourselves. And that's, that's uh, too limited a view of fasting. He says, well, what about the wedding guests? The wedding guests. What, do they fast when the bridegroom is with them? Now, that probably shocked these disciples of John. What in the world is he talking about? Why did he all of a sudden bring up guests at a wedding? What he's doing here is he's putting fasting in the context of our relationship with God. If our fasting enhances or purifies or improves our relationship with God, well, then it's good. But if our fasting is just all about ourselves, well, then we're missing the point. Our relationship with the bridegroom is the point. When the bridegroom is with us, we rejoice. That's why we don't fast on Sundays. Sunday is a day to celebrate the resurrection, even in Lent. Sunday is a day not to fast. But Fridays, every Friday, not only in Lent, is a day to recall the sacrifice of the bridegroom. And on those days, we do fast, meaning we make acts of deliberate self-denial. So fasting has to be understood in context with our relation in the context of our relationship with God. Now, if you look at the first reading, you see another correction on the wrong understanding of fasting. It has to be understood, according to the prophet Isaiah, in context with our relationship with one another. Love of God, love of neighbor. If our fasting is not connected to our love of God and love of neighbor, if our fasting is not connected to our prayer and our almsgiving, well, then we're doing it wrong. And this is what happens in the time of Isaiah. The people are saying, look it, we're fasting. We're doing all the right stuff. Now God has to do his part. We're fasting. But as we fast, Isaiah says, they're, they're getting into fights, uh, quarreling, fighting, striking with wicked claw, driving their laborers on, and pretty much as full of themselves as they are when they're not fasting. So in other words, it's not really benefiting them. It's not evidence of a change of heart. It's not really self-discipline. It's just formality. In fact, it's becoming an excuse for pride. So Isaiah is saying, you think that's what God wants? You think God wants us to walk around in, in that sackcloth and ashes? Is that what God really desires here? Is that really that important? Only if it helps us be more loving. And this is why he says, this is the fasting that I wish. And as you hear this list, you realize it's not fasting at all. It's all almsgiving. What's the fasting that the Lord wishes? Releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, meaning working for the liberation of others who are oppressed. It's not about us. Setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, sharing your bread with the hungry. That's almsgiving. Sheltering the oppressed, the homeless, clothing the naked. It's all about looking out for someone else. The reason why we fast, or one of the reasons why we fast, is so that we can be free of that, that uh, slavery to our ego 
and put ourselves at the service of others. So it's a pretty good instruction here as we start Lent on fasting. Yes, fasting is important. It is important. It's one of the three legs of the tripod. So don't eliminate acts of self-denial. But don't isolate them from your love of God and love of neighbor. Because then the danger is you're just going to build yourself up into a proud faster. And there's almost nothing worse than a proud faster. You might as well be either a humble faster or don't fast at all. If you can be humble because you can't fast, that's good too. Accept your limitations. A heart contrite and humbled, God will not spurn. 